Today concludes our sermon series, Healing the Heart. We've explored home is where the heart is, the wounded heart, the angry heart, the frozen heart, the forgiven heart. And we've tried to speak from the heart to the heart. Not always easy in today's world, and today is no exception. But first, before looking at a healthy heart attack, I want to look at heart attacks, because we're all susceptible to them. Yes, we are all susceptible to some degree or another, depending on our age, diet, exercise, whether or not we smoke, the amount of stress in our lives, and our genetic background. A few years ago, a doctor offered this wisdom, get plenty of exercise, Watch your diet, stay away from cigarettes, and pray that you chose the right parents. (laughs) There is uncertainty to life that even physicians cannot fully predict, and most of us are aware how fragile good health can really be. Our health is as precious as life itself, because without good health, life is meaningless, So wrote the famed Houston heart surgeon, Michael DeBakey. One of the keys to this morning's sermon resides in the the distinction of just what is meant by health and healing. Hear DeBakey's words again. Our health is as precious as life itself, because without good health, life is meaningless. Obviously, in our Healing the Heart sermon series, we are talking about more than physical, biological health. But first, let's look at physical heart attacks, for we can all relate to them, and I know there are a number of you listening today who have already had at least one. I'll bet most of our families have been touched by heart attacks, or perhaps you have a friend or know someone who's had one. Heart attacks are common. They happen all the time, and my family is no exception. As some of you may know, my father suffered a heart attack many, many years ago, rendering him unconscious in a coma where he lay for over a year and a half before he died. It was one of the most painful things I've ever been through. It was like a living hell to visit him and see him just lay there on a hospital bed, day after day, week after week, month after month. I had a wounded heart. Now, if that's the kind of heart attack that I wanted to focus on this morning, this could be a pretty depressing sermon. On the contrary, I want to lift up a different kind of heart attack. You see, before my dad had the heart attack that I just described, He had had many others, but not the kind which weaken the heart, rather the kind that strengthen the heart. They were heart attacks of faith, if you will. God attacking, infusing his heart with God's spirit and love, the spirit of Christ. And there's a distinction between a physical heart attack and what I call a healthy heart attack. Thus, in this context, health is more than the absence of physical dysfunction. 
It is an enhanced quality in our relationship with God. Myron Bloy Jr. has this to say about the heart. Be it like an open door or like an open wound, the heart is that point of that point of the world which is open toward mystery. This insight recognizes the need for openness when our hearts are attacked or as the hymn we just sang puts it descended upon by God. Spirit of God descend upon my heart. In these past weeks we have looked into the wounded heart and the angry heart the frozen heart, and last week, the forgiven heart. And it was through forgiveness that Michael helped us to see how openness and responsiveness to God speaking and moving in the very depth of our lives can help us claim the need for having what we're exploring today, healthy heart attacks. A certain young girl had a grandmother who went through open-heart surgery. After the surgery, Grandma came to convalesce in her home where the child was, and when they had gotten her all situated in the bed, you know, one of those beds that go up and down, she came and sat on the edge of the bed, and she said, Grandma, did you really have open-heart surgery? Yes, I did, dear, replied her grandmother. Well, did the doctor really see inside your heart? Again, the grandmother said, yes. And so the little girl came a little closer, and she said, Well, Grandma, did the doctor see God in your heart? If someone were to look at our hearts today, would there be enough evidence for them to say, My goodness, you've had a healthy heart attack recently? Or as the little girl said, Is God in your heart? After a physical heart attack, doctors examined to see how much Constriction, blockage, and damage has occurred. Whereas by faith for us, a healthy heart attack is evidenced by the presence and love of God deep within. In both the Old and New Testaments, the concept of the heart varies little, if at all. It is the inner part of a person, the innermost part of our real selves, the inward part or core Of our very being. It is the real you inside. Your heart is the person you talk with when you talk in your deepest self. When you have a conversation with your deepest self, you're having a heart conversation. When we speak of the heart and the life of faith, we mean the one center in us to which God turns, in which the religious life is truly rooted. And how does God turn to us? Well, Paul says it well in our Corinthian text after quoting Isaiah. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows another's thoughts except the Spirit of the one which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God, by the Spirit. 
Not something we control, not something we understand, but something we receive. And here by spirit, we don't mean some ooky, spooky ghost. We're talking about the breath, the life-giving source of God. You see, people have an unborn capacity to be moved and deeply touched. And to be connected with God in this way is to be truly healthy. In a, great moment, in a great moment of insight, the mystic and poet Angelus Silesius, back in the 17th century, said this, The longest way to God, the indirect, lies through the intellect. The shortest way lies through the heart. Here is my journey's end, and here is its start. Jesus tugs at our heartstrings when he elaborates on our connectedness with him. Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, my yoke is easy. The Greek word is krestos, which can mean well-fitting, well-fitting. In Palestine, ox yokes were made of wood. The ox was brought in, measurements were taken, the yoke was then roughed out, and the ox was brought back to have the yoke tried on, and the yoke was then carefully adjusted so that it would fit well and would not pinch around the neck. It wouldn't rub so that it was an easy, much easier pull on the ox. In other words, they were tailor-made to fit. William Barclay, who many years ago wrote commentaries on most all the New Testament books, he shares a legend about Jesus. Supposedly, Jesus made the best ox yokes in all of Galilee. And that, from all over the country, people would come to him, to the carpenter shop, to buy the best yokes that skill could make. And in those days, as now, shops had signs above them, above the door. And, and in this case, the suggestion of the, of the story is that above Jesus' carpentry shop, it said, my yokes fit well. It may be that Jesus was using this picture when he was telling the story, when he was talking about this from his work during the silent years. We'll never know, but it's a great story. Jesus says, my yoke fits well. The life I give you to live is not a burden to constrict you. No, your life is made to measure to fit you, to fit you. You see, a healthy heart attack from the Lord is one that is carefully measured and personally made to fit each of us in the depths of our need and life circumstances. Pastor tells of a man who came to him and was interested in being part of the church. And he said, I'm not even sure what I think about God, but I should like to work out my spiritual faith and life inside the Christian fellowship. I'm suffocating out in the world. Well, the church accepted him into membership on those terms. And three years later, after breathing the fresh spiritual air of the church, he said to the minister this. No words can estimate 
what this has meant to me. Each year, clearer insights, deeper assurance, and life more and more worthwhile. And that's the kind of spirit we hope is present here at the Neighborhood Church. Each year, clearer insights, deeper assurance, and life more and more worthwhile. It seems to me, then, that there are at least three kinds of heart attacks. First, the physical, which tends to be heavy, painful, and destructive, and even lethal. Second, the emotional, which we dealt with previously when our emotions come crashing down on us and leave us broken, wounded, angry, or frozen. And third, and most importantly, the spiritual kind, which tend to bring a sense of relief and lightness, joy and health, wholeness and fullness. I would agree that there are precautions we can and should take to prevent physical heart attacks and even some heartbreaks. But even more so, do we need to be receptive to enable God's attacking or infusing our hearts with presence, forgiveness, and love. We may not be able to completely prevent hardening of the arteries, but we can have a softening of the heart. So I want to return to the spiritual and physical heart attacks of my father, for both have profoundly affected me. Through the earlier ones, I learned about faith, and through the other, I learned about grief and loss. Initially, I thought it was his physical heart attack that had influenced me and changed me the most. But upon further reflection, it is the earlier heart attacks of God in his life that have changed me and continue to influence me far beyond the physical one. Even before he died, my father was the most Christ-like person I've ever known, not by what he said so much, but by how he lived and how he treated others. His faith and expression of caring for others had a subtle yet strong and profound influence on my going into the ministry. When I graduated from college, just two weeks before my father had that devastating heart attack, he'd been out in the morning jogging by himself, and he collapsed. But when he was out for my graduation just two weeks before, he and I had gone out for a jog together, and we had a heart-to-heart conversation. And for whatever reason, we told each other how much we loved each other. And we talked about things. And, and then he, he told me about a simple prayer that he offered every morning when he got up and began the day. He would thank God for life, and then he would think about all the places he was going to be that day and all the people he'd be with, and he asked God to be present. And then in his prayer, he said, trusting that you are present, O God, grant that I may be receptive to your spirit in all those places and with all those people. And that's how he prayed every morning.
And you know I say that prayer every Sunday morning. I think of all of you, this space, this place, and I ask God to be present here. And then I realize that God is present here. I don't have to ask for that. God is going to be present here. But I ask that I might be receptive to God's spirit in all of you and in this place, and that we might all be receptive, really, to God's spirit, to God touching our hearts, to God transforming us into the people God wants us to be, the beautiful people that God has created us to be. So we recall those words of Dr. DeBakey. Our health is as precious as life itself because without good health, life is meaningless. Well, I'd like to change that. I'd like to change it to more of a faith affirmation. Healthy heart attacks are as precious as life itself because without healthy heart attacks of faith, life is meaningless. So in closing, I'd like to draw again from my dad, and I'm sorry to do this, but just that's where I am today. He wasn't a sophisticated poet, just a simple one, but always a poet of faith. And the poem I'd like to share is entitled simply, Christ. When hate knocks at your door, do you let it enter in and let it penetrate your heart and accept it with a grin? Or do you dissolve it and turn your thoughts to love? And if someone does you violence, not give them back a shove and heap coals upon them and try to be their friend and try to understand them no matter what happens in the end. Though surrounded by hate, do you try to follow after Christ with courage and humility and love that's highly priced? So when you've tried to fight the battle until all's completely shot and you're so discouraged, have you tried Christ's way? Why not? Why not indeed? It's my hope and prayer that God will bless us all with healthy heart attacks this day and every day. Heart attacks of faith and love through the spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.